Gonzaga Nation SI, today's podcast show release focused on Gonzaga players currently in the NBA. It's pretty amazing to see that there were eight essentially full-time NBA players this season from Gonzaga in the NBA. Joel Ayayi had a couple small stretches where he could have been considered the ninth. Uh, Kevin Pangos had a short stretch with the Cleveland Cavaliers, which would have made 10. Um, so all in all, pretty dang impressive for uh, Gonzaga out of the West Coast Conference to have uh, throughout the year minimum eight, upwards of 10 NBA players uh, on a roster. And quite a few of them having some great stretches uh, this season. So just quickly wanted to kind of touch on uh, their year. Now that the season has wrapped up, we will be following them closer now that the NBA playoffs are here to begin uh, in the next few days. But, you know, that's one of the, the, the fun things about uh, this Gonzaga basketball program is um, once upon a time, there was just one, and that was John Stockton. Uh, but he set, uh, set the bar for, for many guys to aspire to and try to work to. Um, then there was a stretch in the early 2000s where there was three of us in the NBA. Um, then there was four. And, you know, to now see the fact that there's eight full-time guys, there's a number of guys that are uh, on the fringe, whether it's in the G League or top-level EuroLeague players, um, that uh, if the contract offers come in correctly, they'll be in the NBA as opposed to in Europe. It's pretty impressive. I think, you know, at the bare minimum, you're going to add one more next season in Chet Holmgren. Um, and so uh, this program continues to ascend. Um, you're, you're talking about the amount of NBA players that programs like UCLA, um, Duke, Kentucky, um, North Carolina, Villanova uh, have, you know, I, I, Arizona. You know, I think Kentucky right now in the NBA currently has the most, um, followed closely by Duke, if I'm not mistaken, on the last time I, I looked at that. But, you know, Gonzaga's right up there. Or if you want to be, uh, if you're a high school player, or if you're a player in the transfer portal that wants to try to, you know, take advantage of opportunities and you've got a belief in your game, Gonzaga is a great place to showcase it to get to the next level. But let's quickly go through those eight guys who uh, finished up the NBA season as full-time pros. So Rui Hachimura finished his third year in the NBA, uh, started off the season um, away from the team due to some things that he had to get sorted out in his personal life. But he came back, put together a heck of a year, a little over 11 points a game, four rebounds per game, Uh, started to really show the ability to consistently knock down shots from beyond the three-point line. Um, That's going to be the difference maker uh, in his career longevity. I I think he's uh, an eight to 10-year pro guy regardless, but if he can become uh, a bona fide three-point shooter with the way the game is now, you know, you're talking stretching that career into 12, maybe 14 years, as long as he stays healthy. So um, impressive third year from Rui once he came back. They uh, with the same team, the Washington Wizards, who Rui plays for. Corey Kispert, great rookie season. Um, you know, he came in with uh, the skill set and the reputation of, of being a shooter, and he proved that throughout the course of the year. Um, there is an adjustment to the NBA three-point line. There is an adjustment to the spacing. Uh, of, of finding those open areas on the floor and then um, knocking down shots when, when the defense converges and closes that much quicker than, than it did at the college game. But um, Corey averaged a little over eight points, about three rebounds. 
towards the end of the season when he was getting more uh, lengthy, consistent minutes, he played really well. 12 points a game uh, nearly in the month of March. Uh, he had a career high of 25 points as a rookie, which is impressive uh, against Golden State where he knocked down six threes. So uh, great rookie year from him. Um, and I've always said really takes you about three years uh, to get comfortable at any level. Um, it's the outliers that can speed up the process. Um, so I, I would imagine another jump uh, from Corey heading into year two. I think year three, we're going to start really seeing um, who he's going to become as a pro. Uh, but he's showing tremendous signs right now to, to carving out a long and lengthy career for himself. So um, we'll head to another pair of teammates on the same team. It's pretty cool. When, when you look at the Washington Wizards, they've got two Zags, uh, the Memphis Grizzly, Grizzlies have two Zags. And we'll start with Brandon Clark. He's in his third year. Uh, he's he's found a, a niche and a home in Memphis with his energy, his athleticism, his ability um, to, to guard on the interior, to rebound, to run the floor and finish. Um, he's put together a nice third year where he averaged 10 points, a little over five rebounds a game. Um, so that's been awesome to see. I mean, they're uh, one of the favorites, if not the favorite, to come out of the West. I know some people like Memphis, some people like Phoenix. Um, it's it's going to be fun to track the Western Conference playoffs with with uh, Memphis playing well. Uh, his teammate, Killian Tilly, um, didn't play quite as much uh, down the stretch of the season. He sat due to some knee tenderness, which unfortunately uh, has given him some, some issues at times over the course of his career. But, you know, uh, solid season. A little over three points, almost two rebounds a game. Um, so much gets said about uh, people not understanding, you know, true pecking orders of um, NBA rosters and how it works. The biggest thing for a guy like Killian is even though you're not in that, quote, top eight rotation, but if you are prepared and you're ready and when your opportunity comes, uh, you can play well, which he did at times this year when he got extended minutes, uh, you're basically – auditioning for the 29 other teams 29 other teams in the league and I think with his versatility his skills his IQ um, there's definitely you know teams out there that value him uh, I know uh, like I said when he's gotten chances of ex extended minutes in Memphis he has played well this year so um, that's that's going to be a fun team to watch in the playoffs the Grizzlies with two zags um, stay on the west coast um, next two is uh, DeMontis Sponis in Sacramento I mean, six year in the league now, he's become a double-double machine um, at that level. Three years in a row now, he's averaged a double-double. His scoring numbers took a little bit of a dip uh, from Indiana to Sacramento. But uh, unfortunately, you know, Sacramento is maybe the worst organization in the league right now as far as um, consistently how they performed and just everything that's gone on around the organization. Uh, 16 years in a row now have not made the playoffs. I mean, that is a long time. Um, so hopefully, I would imagine Sabonis is the core, the centerpiece of what they're trying to do um, and, and build in Sacramento. So hopefully he can continue to uh, you know, do what he does nightly. And that's this year, 19 points, 12 rebounds, five assists a game. Uh, one of the most versatile bigs uh, in the league. And so um, tremendous season from him. But unfortunately, they're not in the playoffs. So he's got some He's got some time now uh, to get, get healthy, get refreshed, ready for next season. Uh, next on the West Coast with the San Antonio Spurs, Zach Collins, first couple of years in the NBA were with Portland. 
battled injuries. Um, Portland decided not to re-sign him. Um, San Antonio took a chance on him, and it's starting to look like it's going to pay off for both. Um, Zach Collins has put together a nice comeback year, especially late in the season when he's gotten a chance. Um, you know, 10 points or more in six of the last eight games. Um, played in 28 games. Again, he had to get healthy after surgery, so he, he really kind of wasn't ready um, un, until past January, and then he's played really well when he's gotten his chances. Um, about eight points, five and a half rebounds a game, provides an interior presence. Uh, so good for him to see him back healthy, uh, contributing um, with, with a great organization like the Spurs. They haven't performed the way they have in years past, but uh, to be with the Spurs, uh, you're going to learn a lot. You're going to set yourself up for extended uh, opportunities in your career. Next up for Zags and the pros would be rookie Jalen Suggs, the Orlando Magic. You know, I think Jalen, uh, you know, a little bit of an up and down year, but so much of that is because he was such a high draft pick with the Orlando Magic. They were going to throw him into the fire, let him work through a lot of things and kind of learn um, with trial by error. And that's typical of a lot of rookies that are, are drafted so high. Um, the only problem is the difficulty is when you're that point guard, that makes it life even more difficult because you're not just learning one position, but as the point guard at the pro level, you got to know all five positions. You got to know schemes. You got to know uh, situations. You got to know uh, offense and defensive concepts that you're trying to play out of. Uh, and you got to, you got to know the league in and out because uh, guys on your team are going to look for you for guidance. You got to know, one through 12 on the opposite roster scouting report for all those guys. Um, so overall Jalen Suggs, uh, you know, solid rookie year. I mean, he had some injuries. Uh, he only played about 48 games this year. Um, so he's got to find a way to be more durable. And, and part of that is because he plays so hard and he's willing to play through contact and, and put his body on the line. But as he gets older, he'll figure out what, when and where it makes sense to, to make those all out plays. But over 12 points a game, around four rebounds a game, four assists a game. Overall, a nice rookie year. Um, again, those first two, few things I talked about, I think, are going to make or break whether he has a, you know, 12, 14-year career or, you know, he has a great or a, or a nice eight-year career is, you know, how do you learn the skill sets to be that true consummate point guard professional, understanding, uh, directing everything that's going on out there. Uh, but I think he's got a chance to do it um, because, you know, what he showed at Gonzaga was, was a willingness to learn, blend in with a with a winning culture, um, and, and be a part of it. I think the, another difficult thing for a player like that who has never experienced losing, he goes to Orlando. They're not a very good organization. They've lost a ton of games. Um, has that kind of eaten away maybe at his competitiveness, his love for the game? You would hope not. I don't think that would be the case, but that's always – uh, Got to be a, a, a thought or a concern that's out there for a player in that situation. Last egg, quickly talk about Kelly Olynyk. It's hard to believe it's his ninth year in the league already. Um, he's the elder statesman for Gonzaga players currently in the league. Um, he, he's done a tremendous job over the course of his career. Uh, I think he's quietly one of the best kind of big men that's versatile over the over the last ten years in the league. I mean, now I'm not saying. He's a double-double guy every night, but you're talking about a big man who's skilled, competes, understands how to play, knows how to play, and can impact winning. Uh, I would I would put Kelly Olenek pretty high up at the list in regards to NBA players. Um, 
So that that's something about him that, that to, to me stands out. But, you know, ninth year in the league, nine points a game, four rebounds, three assists, uh, just knows how to play. Um, he's a guy that with, with his skill set and his understanding, I would imagine he's going to play another five, six years. Um, so all, all being told, you know, he's probably going to, you know, approach that 15-year career point, which is unbelievable um, accomplishment. The average career in the NBA is right around two and a half years. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you're approaching 10 uh, and it's looking like you've got some more years that are, are on the runway for you, Hats off to you. That's incredible. That's awesome. But eight zags. Um, we've only got a couple of them in the postseason. Uh, it's looking like, you know, the, the two to follow the most closely that have a chance to make a deep playoff run. And we'll be covering these, following these guys a little bit more uh, as we get into the heart of the playoffs would be the, the Grizzly duo of Brandon Clark and Killian Tilly. So for Gonzaga Nation SI, this was a look into zags in the pros. Epic Sports Bar at Northern Quest is Spokane's home for sports. Catch all the action up close and personal on a 30-foot HD TV. Enjoy upscale pub fare, craft beer, and cocktails, too. Epic Sports Bar, where watching sports is a sport. More at northernquest.com. Dan, this week, our question comes from viewer Pat Lordy on YouTube. He wants to know, Gonzaga seems to struggle with physicality and toughness in big games. How can the Zags change this in future seasons? Well, I think that's uh, an old narrative. It's going to, to me, it's becoming a little bit of a tired narrative. Um, it's something that, yes, Gonzaga did struggle against uh, Baylor a season ago with that reality. Um, but if you looked at last year, the only game it gave Gonzaga problems was the Baylor game. But then you also have to then go look at uh, what did Baylor do to opponents all throughout the season in the Big 12, in different preseason, postseason tournaments, uh, and then the NCAA tournament. Their guards were just simply uh, better than everybody else they played all year. So, you know, that narrative became a more pronounced and, and bigger theme uh, in regards to Gonzaga. And then it started this year with, with uh, you know, the, the couple losses early with Alabama and Duke, where it was a similar case, a physical team in particular, the Duke game really kind of gave Gonzaga some problems. Um, and then it popped itself. It popped up again this year with the narrative uh, in regards to the NCAA tournament, because, couple things happened. One, they struggled getting into a rhythm against Georgia State. And then against Memphis, they were a very physical team. But uh, I don't think it necessarily impacted Gonzaga, their physicality, as much as Gonzaga just uh, didn't really get into a flow in that first half. And then it was the Duke Timmy show in the second half against Memphis. The Arkansas game, I, I thought Gonzaga, for the most part, did a nice job of, of handling the physicality of Arkansas. I don't think Arkansas was overly physical. Um, <laughs> You know, I thought Arkansas had a nice game plan. They stuck to their game plan, uh, and they made shots when, when necessary uh, to stem the tide of a potential Gonzaga run or to get them going uh, in that second half because, you know, I think the end of the day, uh, Gonzaga turned it over too much against Arkansas. Um, one, a little bit of the pressure. Two, mostly um, just mistakes uh, against, against Arkansas, and then they didn't make three-point shots the way that they had throughout the course of the regular season. So I, I know where that uh, kind of narrative is, is popped up from. 
Um, but I do disagree with it to a certain extent because I think uh, when you're winning the amount of games they are uh, and you just can't quite get over the hump, that's, that's going to be an easy one to look at. But uh, for true Gonzaga fans, I think it's only a matter of time. You have to have a good enough team um, roster-wise, and you have to have a, a, a good enough stretch of luck uh, in the NCAA tournament, both with matchups as well as plays going your way to win an NCAA title eventually. So I do think it's right around the corner for Gonzaga. Fingers crossed it's next year for Gonzaga fans.